Welcome to episode 365 of the Microsoft Cloud IT Pro Podcast, recorded live on December 15th, 2023. This is a show about Microsoft 365 and Azure from the perspective of IT pros and end users, where we discuss a topic or recent news and how it relates to you. In this episode, we take our annual break from Microsoft Cloud News to talk about our favorite gadget purchases from the past year and ideas for ways to spend your Christmas money or purchases to make for that geek in your life. So, we hope you don't spend too much money after listening to this episode. If nothing strikes your fancy, or if you have a little leftover, consider donating to our annual fundraiser for Girls Who Code. Scott, it is a day, a week. (laughs) It is the 15th of December, the week after, or the day after my wife's birthday. I'm not supposed to broadcast that, right? You know, it depends. How much do you want the AI to come after you later? Like, how much do you want out there on the interwebs about your life? About my life? There's a lot out there about my life already, I think. I tend to post pictures of cooking food and, you know, talk about tech stuff. So that's about it. Tech stuff. So should we talk about tech stuff? I feel like we've done this, Scott, for a few years now. Around Christmas and the holidays, we tend to like to talk about ways to empty your wallet and spend your money on gadgets or the various gadgets we have purchased, played with, enjoyed playing with throughout the year. We can definitely get into it. <laughs> yeah. I am I, I find myself year over year as our wonderful, you know, global pandemic continues to persist and all the other fun things, like still staying home, still not traveling for work. So I keep building up this whole body of, of stuff around me. Some of it helpful, some of it not helpful, some of it delightful. Some of it, you know, is used across the house and makes folks like my wife happy. Some of it is used across the house and makes folks like my wife pretty angry. Not happy? Well, I'll have to make sure that I try and include the, the, the WAF, the wife acceptance factor score with with some of these maybe with all of our various gadgets. So this is not a gadget, but I did this the other night, 2 days ago. My wife and I drove down to Orlando for the Pentatonix Christmas concert, which Ooh, not a gadget, a but it was fun. It was. I had never seen them in concert before. Yeah. Left the kids at home, in-laws watched them <laughs> and went down, had dinner, went to the concert, all of that, and it was. It's a good time. That was how we spent Christmas money. Concerts are Good, are, are good ones. You know, I have been leaning much tor- more towards experiences, especially with the kids lately. And and concerts are a great way. Like if you're into music, your wife's into music, generally your kids kind of follow along with all that stuff. And it doesn't have to be, I don't even know what kids listen to. Like you've got, you know, younger ones, but you know, whatever the, the blues clue theme song, it doesn't need to be that. Yep. You, you can take them <laughs> out to other kinds of things. So, so we did that a few times with our kids this year we took them out to dispatch and oar like tried to get them into like hey here's your first concert with bands that we listen to at home kind of thing and i'm actually considering next year like one of the things i'm thinking about for christmas presents rather than physical gifts i'm gonna like literally give them index cards with choices between bands so there's a couple things going on next year foo fighters is touring everybody in the house likes the foo fighters my oldest son is 16 and he really likes Journey. <laughs> like, it, it, Journey's touring next year. 
with like Def Leppard or something crazy. So I was like, you know, like I'm just going to write some bands on an index card and maybe say that's your present. Like, you know, pick the one you want to go to and that's the one we'll go to. We'll, we'll fly someplace. Like we'll go see, you know, the Foo Fighters in Orlando or Boston or Denver or something like that. And that'll be the present in the trip. We actually did that for my oldest. We got her concert tickets for her birthday this year. Um, so same thing, like we're getting to that point too. It's like, you know, we don't need more stuff. I don't need another, another Lego to step on. So while we're going to talk about tech gadgets, we are leaning much more towards experiences too. Like my parents asked what the kids all want for Christmas. And I think we might just say <laughs> like a trip to Legoland, like don't get us any more stuff, money or however they want to do it. But we just want to go spend a weekend at Legoland with the family or like you said, going to concerts. We do have a couple of kids that like pentatonics. They wanted to go with us, but we were driving there and back in one night. So we didn't get home till really late. And my wife and I just wanted to go away together, but they were like, <laughs> take lots of videos. So they were really excited and we were like, take a few videos, texting and videos. And they lived vicariously through us to go experience the concert. Sometimes you just got to rub it in there. Like, they, they, you know, I mentioned we took our kids to Dispatch last year. And Dispatch is one of my son's favorite bands, my oldest. And, uh, you know, I totally took my wife to a Dispatch concert at Red Rocks and left the kids at home <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with my parents. Yeah. So, they, you know, you, you got to take the adult time too. Don't don't forget to take those experiences and that time for for adults as well. Exactly. So, experiences. First on our gadget list, don't get a gadget. Go do something fun. Go experience something, a concert, an amusement park, a theme park, something like that. But we do have gadgets, Scott. Regardless of experiences, we still spent money on gadgets. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like, so we were talking about this episode and I was trying to think back to what I bought this year. I don't know that I have bought quite as many tech gadgets this year as I have in previous years. There is still absolutely some there. And some of these, I might have to go look through some of my orders, my previous orders for this year to see what I ordered because I couldn't remember exactly when I ordered them. But we'll see where this goes. So do you have a top gadget? Do you have one that you bought this year that is a favorite, tops all the other ones? I think so. And and this is a little bit of a weird one in that it's a quality of life gadget and okay. it impacts everyone in 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 the house in some way or another. So we've talked in the past about smart home stuff and light bulbs and cameras and security and you know all, all that goodness that comes along the way. And one of the things that I've had in the house for a long time, like it's just been something that I've had kind of since like since they started coming out, is a smart lock, like something that works with the Amazon or Google or you know Apple ecosystems, you know the 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 various assistants of, of choice and all that kind of stuff. So I, I've done that for years and years and years, and up until this year, like one of my favorite things was August locks. They were great, performed really well, little expensive, but you know that's okay for like what they did. They did it well. 
my only real complaint with them was they chewed through batteries like it was just nobody else's business. But other than that, like great little device. But for a long time now, for like the you know a good portion of this year, I really wanted a HomeKit lock and specifically something that could work with HomeKey. So for those that are maybe in the Apple ecosystem and have iOS devices, HomeKey is a capability where if you have a smart lock that supports it, your wallet, like your Apple wallet on your device, actually ends up with a little digital card in it, and that card operates over NFC, and you can just tap your phone to the door in the case like I have an Apple Watch, so I can just walk up to the door and tap my watch on it if it has home key. And so I, I kind of went down this path and I was looking, there's a bunch of stuff out there. There's the Schlage and Code Plus. You got to make sure you get like absolutely like the one that has you know, home key in it costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like it's expensive. I think it's, I think the encode plus with Wi-Fi and everything and home key support, home kit, home, home kit plus home key is 300 plus dollars retail. And it does not go on sale. It's always out of stock, like extremely hard to get. And I'd kind of been trolling around on like camel, camel, camel and other things like that. And, you know, stock sites looking for it, but there's a company out there called Akara. So it's A-Q-A-R-A. They make all sorts of other stuff. They make sensors, they make cameras, they've got a whole, you know, ecosystem of smart home things that they make and they manufacture. And they started making smart locks. And the really cool thing about their smart lock is it does HomeKit and HomeKey. It's also compatible with Alexa and Google or, you know, Amazon and Google and that whole ecosystem. It has a pin pad and it has a fingerprint reader and it has a physical key. So it just kind of like, checks all the boxes. So that's great. And then you sit there and you compare it against something like the Schlage encode, which is 300 plus US dollars. I think it's like 330, 340, depending on you know what's going on and where you buy it from. Yep. The Akara lock, so it's the Akara U100. And the Akara U100 is retails for $190. So not too bad. You're already like way down in price. You know, on the order of like 30, 40, 50%, depending on pricing and what's going on, to pick this up over other things that are in the marketplace. It's also on sale all the time. So, I, I somebody accused me on threads the other day <laughs> of being a shill for this company. Like, I am not sponsored by them, anything like that, but. I bought one of these and then I bought another one. I have two of them in the house today. Like they're they're really good at what they do. They're on sale as of right now at least when we're recording and this coupon has been there for like weeks and weeks and weeks now. They're on sale for $140. So it's got it's 190 US and it's got a $50 coupon. You know, super easy to install, super easy to get going with. You can absolutely like rekey the locks if you want to. When you get it, like I said, they come with physical keys. The home key stuff is super reliable. It's got a pretty rich ecosystem of like automations and things that you can do inside the app. Also has a built-in accelerometer in, in it, which is kind of cool. So when you unlock it and somebody opens the door, when you close the door, it senses the door closing and it knows the door is closed based on the amount it's moved on the accelerometer. 
and it can just auto lock. So you don't have to have a rule like like the August lock didn't have that. So I had to say, oh, just lock it, you know, three minutes after it's been unlocked, kind of thing. And you don't always want to do that because sometimes somebody opened the door and they left the door open. So you don't want all of a sudden the deadbolt to come out and then just be hanging out. So this thing's kind of smart all around when it comes to that stuff. You know, the battery life could probably be better, but I think for a lot of these things, like you're just tossing double A's in them. So get yourself a bunch of rechargeable double A's and be ready to cycle them out. But they definitely last a couple months. Yeah, everybody should have a smart lock in their life. A smart lock? Yeah. So I might have to look at these. I actually bought a smart lock this year as well, but mine is not, it doesn't have quite the amount of functionality. I got one of the uh, quick set ones. And I'm going to have to look at this one and see how it or what you can rekey it with. And going back to the wife acceptance factor that we talked about earlier, I got the quick set because that's what all of our other doors are. So I could do the smart lock. It doesn't have all the home key, home kit integration, but I wasn't necessarily looking for that. I wanted one more that like I could see if it was locked or not when we left the house. I could tie it in with the rest of our smart home. I had a number pad on it so that like kids could unlock the door. We could unlock it without having to turn off the car when they forget something. And this one, I can rekey it with the existing, the same house key we have for all of our other doors because it's all the same brand. And that was, my wife was like, I don't want two different keys or three different keys for all the different doors and all that. But if I could rekey the Akara one to the same key that we have today, it would be tempting because that one is even cheaper than this one. Like this one is $199 today, so it's a couple hundred bucks. I will say, I think because it doesn't have quite the functionality, the battery life is really good. I bought it back in February and I am still on the same four double A's that I put in it. 10 months ago now. I change these every two to three months, depending on what's going on. Like sometimes people are really like in and out of the house. Yep. And I could probably make it a little further if I wasn't using rechargeable double A's and I was using straight ones. But yeah, you know, like regular non rechargeable batteries, because they tend to be a little bit higher in capacity. But other than that, like I said, it just kind of floats through. I'll also put a link in the show notes to. Stephen Robles, he's a, a content creator on YouTube, does Riverside FM, a bunch of other things. But on his YouTube channel, he has a great video that he just put out, which is you know a review of the top, basically the four home key supported smart locks that are out in the market today. And I would say, like, even if you're not an Apple person, like I, I, I get I get that. All these things support the rest of the ecosystem as well, be it Google or anything on the Amazon side, or some of them are just straight up smart devices and they they do what they need to do. So, you know, it tends to be the, the HomeKit ones, I think, are fairly robust and they tend to be things that like support every bit of the ecosystem. So they're, they're really good for everybody that's out there. I did get a smart lock. Do you feel overwhelmed by trying to manage your Office 365 environment? Are you facing unexpected issues that disrupt your company's productivity? Intelligent is here to help. Much like you take your car to the mechanic that has specialized knowledge on how to best keep your car running, 
Intelligent helps you with your Microsoft Cloud environment because that's their expertise. Intelligent keeps up with the latest updates in the Microsoft Cloud to help keep your business running smoothly and ahead of the curve. Whether you are a small organization with just a few users up to an organization of several thousand employees, they want to partner with you to implement and administer your Microsoft Cloud technology. Visit them at intelligent.com slash podcast. That's I-N-T-E-L-L-I-G-I-N-K dot com slash podcast for more information or to schedule a 30-minute call to get started with them today. Remember, Intelligent focuses on the Microsoft Cloud so you can focus on your business. I'm thinking about what I got. I, I looked through my orders. I did not buy that much this year from smart devices or from gadgets. But I did get one recently that I have really been enjoying. And it is... So we've talked about webcams before, right? And what we use, like you use DSLR or mirrorless. I have a mirrorless. And then I did have an Insta360 link. I have replaced my Insta360 link, Scott, with the Obsbot Tail Air. And this is one that just came out. I got it when it was still on Kickstarter. However, they have come out with other cameras and they do have other ones that are out there that are available. This one is now generally available as well. But I was, it's not that I didn't dislike the Insta360, but there was just, some weird things with it. There were some software bugs that I didn't like about it in terms of setting like defaults and all of that. And someone told me about these OBSBOTs, Galen, who is another SharePoint guy. And I think, you know, Galen and Ryan, they use these and they told me about this tail air when it was still on Kickstarter. It's interesting because the it's not technically a webcam. It is marketed as more of like an AI camera because it has a battery so you can use it like if you wanted to take this out and have an AI camera and like record something outdoors or take it to some event and have it as a standalone without plugging it in there is a battery in it and then it has multiple ways to connect so it has NDI built into it so you can connect wirelessly to it and do wireless NDI from this camera. Uh, it has a mini HDMI or micro HDMI, so you can do just HDMI straight out of it. But it also has a USB-C that you can use to both charge it, but as well as use it as a webcam if you so desire. And that USB-C, you can also plug like a USB-C network adapter in it if you want to do NDI over a traditional network interface. So it is big. Like you compare this to the Instalink, it's a big camera, but it has all the AI stuff. And I don't know where all of it necessarily sits with like the Instalink. The Osbot, it's all built right into the camera because it can be a standalone camera, but it's also like a traditional PTZ camera. So I can control, or I will be able to control once I update their Stream Deck plugin. I can control everything from the Stream Deck, but until that time, it still uses some of the standard PTZ protocols. So I was actually able to set up Companion, which is another open source software that you can run in your computer that integrates with the Stream Deck and use like the Sony PTZ profiles in Companion, point it to the IP address of this Obsbot camera and 
control like all the set presets where it points at different areas and control the zoom, control the gimbals on it, all of that. But then it does have all the AI built in like follow me and it goes beyond what the Instalink does and that I can set it up to like follow my head or you can set it to follow like me as a person and set the AI zoom to be like upper body or just the head. You can tell it to follow your feet. Right. You could tell it to follow your feet. You can tell it to follow your your pet. Like if you want a camera that like follows your pet around the house or you want to film your pet or take it and even do like athletic events with it, you can also follow like objects and people and animals and all of that with it as well. So it it has a lot more functionality built in. I will say from people I've talked to, I've actually compared my Sony ZV-1, the mirrorless, with the video coming out of the Obspot. And people are like, I actually like the color in the picture better coming out of this Obspot than out of my mirrorless. So that's the Obspot... Tail That's air. the tail air that, that they I have. also have the Tiny Two. So I don't, I don't know if you've seen this. The Tiny Two is more of the direct competitor with the Instalink 360, and the 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 Tiny Two has many of the same capabilities as the tail air, with a big difference being about. 200 US dollars in price. So the tail air sits about 500 retail depending on, on where you buy it from. And the Tiny 2, I think, is more reasonable and, and a more direct competitor. I'll put a link again to a YouTube video and, re, and review out there from, from a streamer who got hands-on time with the Tiny 2 and kind of talks about it in context against the Instalink 360. But if you're not fancy SLR person, like I've got fancy SLR up here, or you need those additional capabilities. You, you know, you need the kind of follow capabilities. Maybe you want to be able to do like desktop shots, top down, things like that. I think those gimbal cameras are great for doing all that. And they're, they're nice, dedicated devices. The one thing they probably miss, which, you know, you and I don't miss too much being on a Mac, but I could imagine Windows people missing a little bit, is Windows Hello capabilities. Like none, none of those have, have that. So like I have I I have another area in the house with another office that my wife uses like that's where I keep the Brio 4K because that's where we plug in all the Windows laptops and that works with Windows Hello on all those. Yeah, you miss all of that. I like so I'm we do the podcast I usually use my ZV1. I've thought about maybe replacing it with the Obsbot, but it's behind a teleprompter and I know like that might be one of your gadgets that comes up. But I don't know that I want a gimbal camera behind the teleprompter, although I could turn off like the AI stuff and once I set it, you just kind of leave it there. But I particularly like the gimbal for more of my meetings because I have a standing desk with a bar height chair and I'll go back and forth between sitting down and standing up. And my Sony, I like lose my head or if I'm sitting down, I it, it doesn't frame me right. There's just enough of a difference. Having the AI one, I can stand up on my conference calls. If I want to walk around the room a little bit, it'll follow me. I've also found the gimbal on this one is a lot better. Uh, just a smoother video. I would say maybe it doesn't make people quite as motion sick or quite as jittery than like the Insta360. So I've really been enjoying 
the soft spot. Again, the one I got, it is a little bit more expensive, but I wanted to play with some of the other stuff like NDI and some of the stuff built in, but it it it's interesting. It's not necessarily an upgrade from like the tinies because it also is actually missing some features like whiteboard mode and being able to focus <laughs> in on a whiteboard and some of that. So if you're going and looking at these Obspot cameras, I would say really do a comparison because it's not necessarily an upgrade in terms of price. There is there is some feature differences and depending on what you're looking for, you may not get what you want with the most expensive one. It's not like they go sequentially and slowly add features. They're all different use cases and different features in some of them. And I think part of what you're hearing, you know, for like folks listening to this, like Ben and I are both remote employees. We don't go into an office. We don't travel a whole bunch. Like the days of travel for customer work have greatly decreased. You know, I've traveled once in three years. So this is my opportunity to, like, quote unquote, like be in the room with somebody. So it's worth investing in a nicer webcam. It's worth investing in a nicer audio setup, like all those kinds of things, especially if you are a 100% remote employee, or I would say even like a majority hybrid employee. Like, if you're that kind of person and you've been looking and you're like, I don't want to spend $300 on a webcam. It's worth it, especially if you're turning your webcam on and you're on video for you know any period of time. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of it with me. Like the last couple of weeks I've done two or three days where it's like 5 hours of training and my webcam is on all the time. I want to have a good webcam for that. People are looking at me, watching me. I may be the only one on webcam for those five hours, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's. Nice. I mean, I do the same, right? Like, I, I, I have a, I have a ZV10, but you know, maybe it's just a little bit better than ZV1, and you know, interchangeable lenses, blah blah blah. But it sits up here against up, up up on top of my computer. So, like, hey, I've invested a bunch of money in not only the camera and lenses, and sure, I use it on the weekend, and I can take nice pictures of the kids and things like that, but. You know, to really get the ROI out of it, like this thing goes on first thing when I sit down at my desk, and then you know it doesn't shut up, shut off until I leave my desk. Oh man, I'm sorry, I'm getting text messages and emails and meetings <laughs> getting scheduled like in ten minutes, and I don't know what's going on. Oh boy, it's all it's all blowing up for you, huh? I got a text message. When can I call you? And then I got a meeting invite, and then I got a DocuSign document for a user code of ethics document. So I don't know what's going on in ten minutes. But apparently it's a big deal. But apparently. we can keep recording. And they said I can jump on a little late. I do not have a hard stop in 10 minutes. Just Okay, rabbit hole. Next gadget, Scott. So we've done a bunch of expensive stuff. Why don't, why don't we bring it downstream a little bit? So I'm, I'm a fan of kind of quick gadgets and quick wins as well. Like I think there's a lot of stuff that you can kind of surround yourself with at your desk that make life ever so slightly incrementally better throughout the day, like depending on your on your job and what you do. So one of these is kind of weird, and I'd be interested <laughs> to know if, if you do this. Do you have a vacuum cleaner for your desk? Not like a big canister vacuum or 
you know, a fancy Dyson handheld thing or anything. I mean like a dedicated vacuum cleaner for your desk. Have you ever heard of these? I don't. And I'm curious to hear your use case, but I will say I have a duster, like a hand duster next to my desk so that when I need to dust something off or I'm on a meeting and I'm bored and I see dust somewhere, I can dust my desk. But I don't have a vacuum. Like a dust vacuum or like a little feather duster? No, like a little feather duster. I can't reach it right now. One of the kids might have taken it. Yeah, I have a little feather duster, but I'm curious about this vacuum. This thing is kind of cool. It's like a $15, $16 little gadget. Uh, And I'm sure there's tons of variants of of this one but it's it's a little handheld puck and what you can do is like you can just run it over crumbs on your desk for me like my keyboard has a physical on off switch so i can just shut the keyboard off and run it over the keyboard versus what i've done in the past is like the feather duster thing or you know you tip it and shake it yep. or you take compressed Can't air there. and use and you, and you spray compressed air in there but then all you're doing is spraying that crap all over the rest of your room and the house and and every place else so this is way better i've got this little vacuum it just sits over its behind a monitor. I can't reach it right now because I kind of leave it back plugged into a USB squid. But it's a little handheld device, fits in the palm of your hand and you just like run it all all over the desk to clean things up. So I, I have nasty habits. Like I eat lunch at my desk sometimes. I'll eat like chips over here, you know, like goldfish crackers or things like that. And yeah, there's just like little crumbs and you want to clean them up right away. And this is great because I don't have to go plug in a big vacuum cleaner or anything like that to get it done. Interesting. So I do not have anything like that, but I do have a cheaper one. This came out of a bigger gadget purchase. I upgraded to the iPhone 15 this year which meant that I upgraded to a USB connection or USB-C connection for charging my phone. And I have greatly minimized my light, my necessity for lightning adapters at this point in time. Because the big one I would maybe use it for is the phone. I still have a couple like Gen 2 AirPods that I need lightning for. I do have a Magic Keyboard that I use lightning for. But I got a couple of these nice little dongles. They're like, you can see it on the video. It's a USB-C to lightning charging adapter. So I actually am like getting rid of all my lightning cables. And if I have to charge one of those things, because I frankly, I don't even care about data transfer at this point in time. It's just charging. I got, they were like five bucks. And now I just have a couple USB-C to lightning adapters scattered around that if I need to charge one of those rare lightning devices that aren't wireless and are no longer USB-C, I can use one of those little guys. So those are great to keep around. Like this was actually something that was on my list and not specifically USB-C to lightning, but the just having, I, I mean, I do the same thing, right? If I open the drawer on my desk down here, I've got a whole little thing. I've got USB-C to USB-A ones hanging out. Okay. Because I'm always I'm using those all the time. S- same kind of thing. Thankfully, all my lightning devices charge wirelessly. So those just plop down on my desk mat, which has a wireless charger built into it. Just get a wireless charger built into your desk mat or get one of the ones that you can like drill into your desk and just have it right there. Life changer. See, I thought about that. I have a little stand on my desk that has the MagSafe for the phone 
this was not this year's gadget, but we can do it. It's MagSafe for the phone, and then the base of it has a wireless charger for the AirPods. Because, yes, I think I have two or three different sets of AirPods floating around because (laughs) inevitably I lose one and then I have to go buy them because I can't live a day without them. And then I find them like a week later, so then I have two sets. But I use that to charge the AirPods. And then I like the magnetic stand for the phone because of all the auth prompts that come in. I don't want my phone sitting down on my desk. I like it sitting kind of up at an angle in front of me so I can just quick tap it and look at it and click approve for all my MFA prompts. I do the same, but like my desk mat is just flat in front of me. So the one that I have is from a company called, they're called Journey, and it's the what is it? It's the Alti wireless desk charging map. So it's a traditional just leather desk mat that you can get in, you know, medium, large, and they might have a small size of it. But then it has a little magnetic connector on the side. Like it has a magnetic rail that you can put on the left or right side, depending on how you orient the the desk mat. And then it has a wireless, a a flat wireless charging surface with a MagSafe wireless charger and then just an area for charging like a regular Qi charger, which is great for AirPods and things like that. So when I'm sitting here at the desk, like my phone, same thing, it's just over on the side. And then because I really don't need face ID to unlock too much because I've, I've got the watch and that handles a lot of it, you know, that brings things through to where they need to be. But it is a good little quality of life improvement to have a charger right at the desk. I flipped. So I don't know what you do. I used to charge my phone at night by my bed. And then I let it drain all day. I have flipped now and I use the wireless charger at the desk for my phone. And then usually when I leave the desk for the day, my phone's fully charged. (laughs) And I just set it next to the bed, all of that, let it drain at least somewhat overnight. And then at some point in time during the day, I'll throw it back on the charger and charge it at my desk. I picked up a MagSafe charger, like kind of like a stand like you have for by my bed because iOS... 15, I think, does the standby thing where you turn it on its side and you get your calendar and a clock and, and all that kind of stuff and, and, and the widgets and all that. Yeah, you get calendar and clock and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Wireless, all the things that you can. Whose turn is it for a gadget? I've lost track. There's just so much stuff. I have another cheap one. I'm curious. Okay, here's another one. This is not necessarily computer related. Do you, when you travel, do you use just the 12-volt adapters for all your charging, or do you use like a regular power inverter amplifier that you plug into the 12 volts and use normal 120 for charging? When I travel internationally or when like I travel? in the car. No, like when you're going on a road trip or somewhere, driving in the car, kids, charging your phone, all of that. <laughs> I've put wireless chargers in all the cars. So you do that? Okay. They all have MagSafe chargers. Or like in, in my wife's Jeep, you know, the console in the Jeep was a really good place to put a flat wireless charging mat. So you just lift the console up and flat wireless charging so mat. So you did that? Yeah. Okay. So one of our cars has USB, a couple USB ports built into it. The van that we typically go to as a family or with a family just has like, I mean, I call them the cigarette lighters because that's what they used to be. I don't think they're technically cigarette lighters anymore. Now they're just 12 volt power adapters. Yeah. 12 volt DC, throw an inverter exactly. on it and have fun. Yeah. So that's what I got this year. We had one a long time ago. The fans started going out. I got a new one. I got a trip light 375 watt car power inverter and it actually has 
two outlets on it. But I was looking, and you can get these now with like one outlet and a USB-A port and a USB-C port. There's a lot of different options out here for power inverters. I thought about getting all the different ones. Like Triplight has a 100 watt with like two or three USB ports. They have a 200 watt with a USB port and a cup holder. But I got one with two outlets because... My theory is is sometimes it's nice for, like we can use it for the phones. We can just take our normal chargers for phones. But we also go camping sometimes and then we want to blow up like an air bed or an air mattress Mm -hmm. for the tent. I can throw this in the truck and then I can charge up, or if there's no electricity handy, I can use it for blowing up air mattresses. There are times when we've gone on trips where I've had to get a little work done and maybe my laptop dies a little quicker than I want to. Having this along with us, I can quickly pull it out, actually plug in my laptop while I'm working in the car because I have absolutely done that on occasion or my battery is way more dead than I thought it was. But these are kind of nice little gadgets to have around is we don't always have it plugged in. A lot of times it's stored in the glove box or under a seat in the truck or something like that. But just having that mobile 120 around and I know some cars, I think, are starting to have 120s just built right into them instead of maybe the 12 volts. My wife's Jeep has 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 both. Okay. So the thing to do here is decide how much power you need because these come in various wattages. So you can do like, yep. I think the smallest I would go if you want to plug like a laptop in or something like that and recharge it is like 125, 150. And then, yeah, get up into like the 300s if you think you need something beefier. So I'll put a couple links in the show notes to a couple of variants. So the, we keep... 151, 150 watt one in all of our cars. And where it sits is we just put it in the wheel well with the uh, spare tire. And that way, if we ever have like a breakdown or something, or you're sitting there, like you've still got the inverter and you can pull it out and do what you need to do with it. I, I like to have one that has at least one plug and at least a couple USB plugs, just because, you know, you might not always have the power plug, the, the power plug with you. Or in like, or in like my case, you know, I travel with like a USB squid, like the GAN chargers have been getting smaller and smaller. So like I have a flat anchor one and, you know, that has two outlets of its own on it. And then it has four USB ports, two USB-C and two USB-A. So I can just take that, plug it into the inverter, and then I still get two outlets plus all the USB and things on it. You know, as long as you're not driving it to the point where you're tipping it over the edge. I did read that and it's interesting Because I did read some reviews on the power inverter, like mine has a 40 watt amp in it, or not a 40 watt, a 40 amp fuse in it, which is way higher than the fuse that's on the vehicle itself. So (laughs) in theory, like it's kind of pointless because hopefully it trips the car fuse and blows the car fuse before it blows the inverter fuse. But yeah, interesting, kind of handy to have around. Okay, there's my next one. The other place the inverters are helpful depending on part of the country you live in. So we do like a, a boat club here and like going out on like just a, a power boat for the day, same kind of thing. We'll bring the inverter with us for that. Yes, very handy. I already talked about that gadget in another episode. What other gadget? Do you have one more? And then we should probably wrap it up because I apparently now have a meeting and we have been going for a little while. I'll give you one more and this is totally not a tech thing but this is absolutely a delight thing 
So you and I are of a certain age where when we grew up, we had restaurants like Chuck E. Cheese. Do you remember Chuck E. Cheese? You mean we're old is what you're saying. Yeah, we're, we're old. Or it doesn't matter. You went to like the, <laughs> the pizza shop, things like that. You still might go to restaurants today. Yep. We had like the fun factory. Yeah. Do you remember the plastic cups they had? The molded plastic cups that like could not be destroyed. They were textured on the outside. Oh, oh. I'll put a link here. Pizza in- Hut. Yeah. Did Pizza Hut have them like those? Okay. I'll put a link in the chat here just so you can see it and I'll include it in the show notes. You can go buy these things today still. So go out and buy a couple of these cups and they come in various sizes. I highly recommend, like it sounds kind of crazy, but do a couple of the 32 ounce tumblers. These things are indestructible. So it's like $22 for a 12-pack. And I firmly believe, just like the cuffs from the 80s that are still around, like these things will still be around in like 10, 20 years sitting in my kitchen cupboards because we haven't been able to destroy them yet. And my kids destroy things. Like all the cups in this house are chipped, broken, cracked. Like if it's made out of plastic, it's probably been like squeezed or crushed or thrown around so many times. Yep. And these are delightful. And they make you feel like a little kid again too, which is kind of nice. And they totally have the red pizza, like Pizza Hut was always red. They have the red Pizza Hut ones and they have, I can't remember, like the brown tannish ones. I don't remember where those were, but they very much... Bring back a memory of having those somewhere. Yep. Maybe even like grandma's house. <laughs> Just heavy, heavy duty restaurant yeah. tumblers. Like these are great. And they come in all sorts of sizes. I mean, you get them in like 16 ounce and, and you know, you get tall boys with 32s, like all those kinds of things. But like these are absolutely delightful, wonderful, great, all, all the things. I need to get some of these small ones. They have like a five ounce one. My kids like having a cup in the bathroom for getting drinks after they brush their teeth and stuff. Get some of these small ones. Going to get me to go order a bunch of these now, Scott. <laughs> you know, that's that's what we're, we're here for. I had a couple more gadgets I bought, but those are, a few of my other gadgets are a little bit more specialized for like the podcast. We could talk about them later, but I think those are kind of my bigger generic gadgets that I have enjoyed this year. The camera, like I really did. I looked through all my orders. The camera was my big gadget this year. Unless you count the computer. I bought a computer and I bought an iPhone. I guess those (laughs) count too. My big one was a new camera lens, like a, a, a new fancy camera lens for the photography hobby on the weekends. Yeah, my Mac studio technically fell in this year. That was right to like March, February, March of this year. And then the phone, but all right. Well, thanks, Scott. Now we gave, hopefully, listeners a good way to go spend all their Christmas money. We have or gift cards. run the gamut here. So buy a gift for a loved one in your life. Get your techie something. Get some kitchen gadgets, whatever it happens to be. And then donate to Girls Who Code. Donate to Girls Who Code. Don't forget that one. Yep, this will be the, the last shot to donate to Girls for Girls Who Code Girls Who Code this year. And then we'll come wrap back around to it again, I'm sure. Yes, so look at the show notes, the link down there to drop in your donation will be down there. And with that, Scott, we will wrap it up for the day. All right, thanks, Ben. All right, thanks, Scott. If you enjoyed the podcast, go leave us a five-star rating in iTunes. It helps to get the word out so more IT pros can learn about Office 365 and Azure. If you have any questions you want us to address on the show or feedback about the show, feel free to reach out via our website, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.